and welcome to Soulscape. I'm Jodie, the founder of Solstice, and today we are continuing our Arcana series, where we use the 22 major Arcana tarot cards to facilitate conversations about life, growth and transformations. Today we are looking at card number six in the pack, but five. it has number five on it, and it is the I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> the Hierophant. Or Hierophant, depending Hierophant. on mm-hmm. your personal preference. So I'm joined yeah. by Audrey and B today. Hello, Hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Hello. We've already made our appearance known. Tara, what? B. I was trying to say your name, B, and then I said Tara. Interesting. B, our tarot expert, our in house tarot expert naturally <laughs> mm-hmm. uh would you like to introduce us a bit to the hierophant because i think jody and i are in a similar boat where we we we're a bit perplexed by this word this dude person mm. i don't think i've heard the word hierophant hierophant before <sighs> either so. yeah i am feeling a bit like oh gosh yeah neither it's not a word that we hear very often hiero bit like hieroglyphic mm. hierophant okay well yeah i mean pictorially what we see is a a man i presume or just a figure we, we're not going to gender him because he's basically the the masculine counterpart to the high priestess so you have like the pope and the popessa um <laughs> is that real yeah pop- so the pop popessa. and the popessa <laughs> um but because actual, there's a popessa yeah so oh, it's I her know that. that's so funny her original name is la popessa <gasps> and um who in the tarot in the high yeah. in life yeah i think in like the original one she oh was... i thought you meant in life there's a popessa oh maybe i don't know um, there should be not that yeah. culturally aware <laughs> does the um, pope marry anyone or is that like not the vibe exactly okay so this is like there's oh, quite shit. a celibate okay. like energy going on between mm. them but they have a little thing oh. they have this it's like they have this like spiritual understanding of each other mm-hmm. while she's inward focused he's externally focused so the whole premise of this card is about like um spiritual union and um like having a spiritual teacher mm-hmm. so whilst the high priestess would find that teacher inward via the use of her intuition the hierophant is this spiritual teacher manifest in somebody else okay. so we've kind of in terms of the fool's journey we've now incarnated like past mum and dad to the point where we have found somebody else beyond mum dad or you know like divine masculine and feminine these two like i suppose binaries yeah the polarities in inverted commas um to somebody else this kind of like this third figure who kind of expands us um it's quite he's quite shamanistic so this is there's a lot about like rituals and ceremonies in this card Mm. um but if we sort of work our way down from the top again so first things we're met with is the number five. Even though this is card six, number five is in the tarot, the number of change. And 
transformation. So four is stable and five just kind of adds this this just whole other dynamic. So you sort of go from stability to chaos a little bit. So there's a lot of mirrored imagery between him and the high priestess. So they both sit between two pillars while she sits in between the pillars of Solomon. He sort of sits between these, and one is black and one is white. He sits in between these two unmarked pillars, just sort of anywhere. It looks like he's in a church or a temple of some kind. But there are these unmarked pillars and they're both grey. So it's like, whilst the high priestess sits in between another polarity, severity and mercy, he sits between, you know, just two nondescript grey pillars and grey being the mixture of black and white. Um, so it's kind of, there's a there's a mirroring there. Um, so you see this figure who is, once again, adorned in red, red robe, with a uh, crown of sorts on. He holds it's a... fancy s- crown. He has a crown. It's a, it's a big fancy crown. Yeah. It's, it's very like camp. It's very camp. Mm. Yeah. He is pretty camp. Mm. And so is the high priestess. They're like mm. two like camp people. Mm-hmm. Very, very queer. Mm. And he holds this staff, magic staff, and then the uh keys to the kingdom of heaven are below him. So there's a lot of religious imagery in this. So the power of three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is quite prevalent in this. So he has three religious ornaments, the crown signaling his connection to the divine, the staff, mm-hmm. and the keys to the kingdom of heaven is also, uh, he holds a mudra up to the skies, which again signifies his wisdom. And there are two figures who are approaching him and this is the first card where there's more than one figure in it so this is the card of collaboration mm. and um the coming together of more than one person there's also mirroring to the magician um because the guy on the left has roses on his robe and then the guy on the right has lilies which we've seen in the magician card already and they're rocking like the bowl monk haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the little bald situation in the yeah. middle, and then bald a nice monk little haircuts. ring of ring of, of fringe. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to describe that? Yeah, yeah. interesting, <laughs> interesting look. Yeah, balding, mm-hmm. gorgeously, mm-hmm. gracefully, graciously balding. Um, so yeah, the message of this card is kind of it's religious in nature. But, you know, the term religious has kind of been, eh, it's a bit of a weird word. It kind of brings up some resistance in me, Mm. brings up a little feeling of like boredom or like quite apathetic, but, um, kind it's, um, ceremonial. It's, it kind of speaks to how we relate to, you know, like who is your God and how do you, you know, how do you connect to the divine through ceremony and community and also... too right hmm? like community as well right yeah, yeah community and yeah i think rituals is quite a good way of explaining this one and there's 
the keys in the to the kingdom of heaven sort of leave us with this message overall which is what you bind on earth you bind in heaven so it's kind of how you are on earth Mm. is how you'll be in heaven so it's kind of it's quite moralistic as well so it's like you know within your community how do you how do you want to sort of come across in a way because that's what that's what you'll take to the afterlife with you basically wow there's a lot there yeah (laughs) jody what's your what's your initial response what's happening for you when you're hearing all of this i'm curious because you're looking at it like (laughs) i'm feeling a bit blank of where it would take you but then in um but then when you were saying about the keys that that made me think more about um making more sort of conscious about what you do in everyday life and it's not just about you and it's about and then you say the community so what you do affects others but he's still he or the the person Mm -hmm. is still above the community it's it's like um Mm. not making the community and you equal with everyone still looking after yourself as number one but taking into account others it's still hierarchical in some ways Mm. or heterarchical Mm. yeah that's very interesting i was looking at when i did my little research about this episode uh the first, the kind of key words that came up about this card were like spiritual wisdom, religious beliefs, but then also tradition, institution, and conformity. And I guess that's a really interesting aspect to this because uh, religion also conjures up some very interesting kind of feelings and thoughts in me as well. I think it does for most people. And I think obviously there's some religions that have impacted people in very negative ways and yet religion itself it's just is just spiritual belief is just some kind of from a psychological perspective people want to believe in something usually you know not all the time i think some people don't but i think oftentimes the reason we're attracted to spirituality and and religious beliefs is because it gives us a quest for kind of personal transformation fulfillment enlightenment uh, and a feeling of wholeness in ourselves or maybe even quenching that fear of endings and loss and death and of us being like little ants (laughs) you know it's almost like it, it gives us a reason to believe something's bigger and maybe even for some people to the extent it's a reason for living because I remember when my grandma passed away it, we, we all found it very sad but then her best friend um, who they were like sisters they were almost like a married couple they did everything together um, and when my grandma passed away she was quite calm because she said oh but she's gone to heaven so she's fine and it gave her a peace it gave her um, and I, I'm not religious um but I could understand how it helped her in that situation. And it 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 stopped 
that fear of the unknown mm. and any acceptance. of this. Mm. Mm. I can definitely see, I think that's for me, my, my relationship to spirituality, because I'm also not religious. I wouldn't say I'm religious, but I definitely believe in uh, synchronicities. You know, I believe in, I believe in something beyond what we know. I believe there's a lot of unknown in the world and part of that does give me peace more peace than I think I would be if I didn't believe in any of it I think even I'm thinking about systems of knowledge now as well systems of belief I'm thinking about you know obviously heavy religions but also in spirituality we have you have tarot you know we have astrology we have human design we have um healing practices we have reiki we have you know there's all these different ways of connecting beyond what is maybe scientifically proven some some of it is scientifically proven as well but some of it is not you know and i don't know how that i guess we all sit on on spectrums of how we relate to the unknown and the known and what is knowing and what are the systems of knowledge those are the thoughts that are coming up for me systems of knowledge is is cool because a big aspect to this card is also ancestral knowledge um which is weirdly kind of what religion is it's like in one way or another just culturally if you just sort of like take our society out of it religion is just like the passing on of um the knowledge of Mm. ancestors um it reminds me of um a book called the four agreements don't know if anyone here has read it really nice mm-hmm. short book um don miguel ruiz and he talks about the um this tribe of people called the toltecs and the wisdom that they have and it's these four main principles sort of by which to live which will kind of ease suffering and they are to not take anything personally be impeccable with your word always do your best and the last one which has just flown out of my head (laughs) i mean firstly easier said than done for all of those exactly much easier said than done Mm. but they all they all interlink with each other and especially when it comes to always doing your best. Like if you always do your best to be impeccable with your word, then you know that there's there's literally no more you could have done, which kind of like brings into question, you know, do we always, do we like, do we always do our best? Me and my friend were having this conversation the other day and I was like, yeah, I think we all are always doing our best. Whoa. Cause why would you like that's what you do um you know we're always we're always trying in one way or, or another even if all we can manage that day is just to sort of get up and i don't know brush your hair or you, maybe maybe you are <laughs> yeah i don't know i think personal philosophies are quite interesting here because they'll you know oftentimes what we believe is is um how we live our lives is the way that we believe life is lived, if that makes sense. Mm. I know that was a weird way to say that, but 
it's I guess it's also the idea of like projecting your experience onto the world as a universal because I I don't know I don't think everyone is trying (laughs) I don't think I try all the time I don't think you try your best all the time I don't think I try my best all the time I think I choose when I try my best and when I don't yeah, sometimes I'm just tired and yeah. <clears throat> like do yeah, I'll do enough. I do the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. But that is your best, is it not? Because you're tired. So if all you can do is Maybe. Or I guess another way of looking at it is that I know I could do better. And if I chose to do better I would, but I didn't choose to do better. I just chose to do the minimum. Well but interesting when you said but you're tired, so you could do better. But if you weren't tired, so actually in that moment, you couldn't have done better. In a whole nother situation, yeah. you could have done better. Yeah, true. But I don't think everyone does do their best all the time. But interesting. I think some people do their worst. Mm. <laughs> mm. I'm going to be the negative Nelly here. Yeah. <laughs> some people do their worst. Well, it's interesting because the fourth agreement, which I've just realized is don't make assumptions. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's them. And that's just like, I mean, that's just like one, one school of thought on ancestral knowledge, but. And that's that when you say that about religion and passing on the ancestral knowledge, and it used to be when we were all just tribes, there would be the elder mm-hmm. um, and it would be, they would pass on the information and they would be really respected. Um, and even now in tribes, um, I always have a, I imagine that there was no conflict with the elder. I have, it probably wasn't like that, but it's, it. I envision it being all perfect and beautiful, and the beautiful elder is being. there and respected, and there's no, they they don't demand the power and the control, but they're just given this respect. But maybe it wasn't like that. Mm. But where I find it hard to uh, connect with is when the elder figure in. Mm, I'm doing that with my finger. Yeah. <laughs> quotation in marks. Quotation marks. The elder figure in a situation takes uh, advantage of the control mm-hmm. um, position. And they do, as mm. we know. Mm. There's been a lot of abuse of power. Um, especially, like, I think something feels really nasty about that for me of people that abuse power in spiritual situations because people False are so prophets. vulnerable. Yeah. And. I mean, I'm also thinking about the time periods of when, like, tarot cards became, like, a thing, or, like, the tarot, these archetypes, and how during that time, in certain communities, there there would be these people, these, like, spiritual leaders who received spiritual wisdom, almost as a way also to keep order and, like, tradition and cultural kind of, a cultural system Mm. in the community, and there was a feeling of holding sacred knowledge in that. And I think there probably is a really like beautiful side to that. And equally, we see that distorted in day-to-day life here, whether that's like false prophets, like you said, but also even like if we turn spiritual teachings and sacred knowledge into political knowledge and systems and ideology, then we have we have politicians who are using corrupting power. We have, um, you know, church leaders who are doing that we have there's a whole there's so many abuses of power yeah that can be and, had and how damaging to have someone in such a position of power to misuse that mm-hmm. you know it's like 
a, if a spiritual teacher has an ulterior motive that's so damaging mm-hmm. you know if you think of the power imbalance and if you know you have a spiritual teacher coming your way who you are you know you're putting your faith into this person mm-hmm. and you're thinking you are you're supposed to be for my highest good you're supposed to be helping me with my development it's it's kind of akin to like the abuse of you know parental figures mm-hmm. you know it's like i'm i'm supposed to be able to trust you and it's like the highest one of the highest forms of betrayal mm-hmm. i would say next down from parents you know mm-hmm. if you have mom and dad as the empress and the emperor to to be duped by your own parents is like whoa and then one step i would say like you know a fraction of a step down is to be duped by your spiritual teacher um it's yeah Yeah, that's why people you when you hear people um i think of it back to um a radio station i was listening to and they were asking someone um about one of our many prime ministers that we've had in the last however many years (laughs) um they were saying um one particular one well what could he do this person was saying he believed in them and thought he was amazing um and he'd done so many the presenter reeled off all these things that he'd done wrong and he was like yeah no I, I and kept justifying it even though he he admitted that those things were wrong and the presenter said well what could he do for you to not believe him anymore and not want to vote for him mm. and this guy said nothing and the yeah. presenter said see there's no nothing on this world that he could do to make you not vote for him he said no I thought, gosh, what is happening with that person? Why do they want to... Why do they feel that they have to or want to give everything and believe in that person? What are they missing that they're trying to fill with that person? And it's like when you say with spiritual leaders or politicians or anyone, it's that place that they're filling something in that person Mm. which can be a really scary place because it then makes the person totally um off from a disconnected from themselves Mm -hmm. what they know is morally right morally wrong and what they actually believe very vulnerable and it's like just made me think of the question to pose to the listeners of who are you putting your faith into? Mm. It just came up for me really strongly. Mm. Who who do you believe in? Yeah. And when in saying that, I was also thinking of some questions of maybe bringing this into how do we... Because I guess all these episodes have been about how do we step into these, you know, into the, the light, the light aspects of these cards, of these archetypes. And I guess I was thinking about really questioning and asking yourself about your personal belief mm. beliefs about your personal philosophies and equally being real with yourself about what is what is you conforming to what you know in terms of what you know as what is habit what is conforming to habit what is conforming to 
just what maybe what your parents taught you what you were around and what is your what is congruent with your ethics your morals your beliefs and I was I was upon reflection uh, with this uh, card as well I was thinking about astrology and I was also thinking about how I very much believe in it and at the same time I very much question it and I sit in that quite comfortably I like the kind of tension that that holds and I was thinking of myself as a Taurus and this kind of identity construction that is when you have a sun sign and you know if you align with that or not and as a Taurus there's an element of of tradition right there's an element of conformity we like structure you know we like uh, a pathway we like something that's fixed and known and I would also say that I'm a Taurus who actively dislikes conformity <laughs> so I'm sitting in those tensions and I'm going like when when do we follow social order and guidelines and when do we challenge the conformity in order to create new sets of rules and traditions and that very much steps into maybe Aquarius energy you know Piscean energy kind of I think it's interesting to see where we sit along that do we question do you not question anything do you question things are you comfortable in in what the world says we know and is capital T true or does it make you just like uncomfortable every single day of your life and why if you are uncomfortable why do you not question and just go along with what you probably know is wrong is it because of fear is it because of feeling unsafe Mm. and that that thought or religion or whatever or mm-hmm. politician or yeah, is gives you a sense unsafe? of feeling safe even though you know everything they're saying is against morally what you feel but you feel safe mm-hmm. and is do you feel safe or also are you safe because some of these things you mm-hmm. are, some people are very unsafe in in these systems yeah well you really tapped into something there um, because this card is ruled by Taurus. Oh, there we go. First. What does that mean? It's ruled by Taurus. Um, the it's it's um, to do with the way that they fit on the Kabbalistic tree of life. So every card um, basically like represents a certain time frame, mm-hmm. um, very very specifically. So it will be like from a from one date to another the card will represent so if you're doing a reading you can be like you know maybe this person has Taurus energy or we're talking about a Taurus here um so it's 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 mapped out and mm-hmm. during the Taurus period this card falls under it so mm. um and zodiac signs have long periods of time as well where like a big time is that's why they say like the dawning of Aquarius or there's certain time periods that are heavily influenced by a zodiac sign mm-hmm. that's that yeah. might be yeah. same thing with the cards so the cards are influenced by the zodiac signs and this is taurus and it's interesting what you're saying about the um like questioning things because his mudra that he's doing with his hands where he has two fingers pointing up towards the sky means that what you see isn't all there is mm. so there's something about question there is something about questioning the structures that you're presented with um especially in terms of like false prophets and how we know that ancestral knowledge can just be changed and you know chinese whispers and all that and there is an element because of the mirroring with the high priestess of tapping into your 
intuition mm. as well like mm-hmm. this is also an intuitive card despite the fact that it's um you know rooted in societal structures it marks a shift away from from where we've been already so we're kind of from this point we're kind of casting ourselves off from the like nice little journey that we've been on so far we we're taking on a different pace now with this card mm. getting a bit political getting a bit more sort of like into the nitty-gritty of what it means to be part of a society and having the influence of other people Mm. um and yeah that was um i think that it's also represented by the the flowers on the people's you know the figures robes because the um roses Mm. are about feeling (laughs) and the lilies are about wisdom so it's the marrying together of these love that not wisdom reason so it's just the marrying together of these two concepts yeah and i was thinking about the personal is political Mm. the political is personal how do we internalize the external the system Mm -hmm. what is the system that's inside us that we've internalized and how do we embody the hierophant hierophant however you want to say it (laughs) how do you embody the hierophant uh and reconfigure him in you to align with your philosophy and your philosophy can be fluid as well yeah can't doesn't have to be fixed throughout your lifetime but how do we embody this this person that is balanced in being able to sit comfortably within rules system structures and equally challenge them when they do not suit when they are unsafe when they don't fit anymore when they're outdated yeah and that's like this balance and i feel like that's the real wisdom there that's the real like knowledge is power knowledge is wisdom is being able to like sit in the tensions of that with not preaching that something is fully known because nothing is fully known yeah wisdom and mercy the two sephiroses that he connects on Mm. the cabalistic tree of life which you just tapped into quite wisely guys i genuinely thought i wasn't going to understand the hierophant (laughs) i came into this being like i don't know i don't really care about religion (laughs) like i don't really like you i find it boring i don't yeah i'm i'm not vibing with the hierophant but actually like i kind of get it like i kind of i'm feeling it Mm. i'm feeling the vibes um how are you guys feeling? I mean, we are coming to the end of the episode, but how are you... Where are you sitting now with, with the Hierophant? I'm sitting ha- like quite happily with with them. I think um, normally I have quite a lot of resistance to it, but I think there's something about the imagery. It feels quite dreary to look at sometimes. It, it looks quite patriarchal, but the... Um, yeah there's sort of there's something about you know being able to yeah create your own heaven on earth mm-hmm. um which is it's quite a nice aspect to this card um yeah i'm sat with yeah it's not as when you sort of really dive into it and tear it apart it's like yeah this is a nice place to be 
Um, but yeah, I do feel like we've now, it does mark a shift in, you know, in the journey. And I now feel like we're kind of, we're getting into the meat and bones of the major arcana now. Mm. We've kind of left the sanctity of home. <laughs> the first five cards are quite nice and lovely and now we take a bit of a whoop <laughs> here we now go. we're out yeah we're, roller coaster yeah we're out with with the people yes that's like in life it's like you yeah could, if you've got a nice safe home the child is in this sort of bubble and then as soon as they go off to school or into the world mm-hmm. it's like there's so many other influences that you don't have control of and when we first started looking at it and it's like when you said about the keys and the heaven and thinking about how what you do can affect others and you take that into the next life I now think of it and thinking of it in a different way in that actually taking the time while you're here to be truly connected to yourself and what you want to experience and how you want to live your life and so bring it much back to the person yourself mm. Mm. the wise teacher within mm. sort of and speaks you, to the wise woman mm. archetype mm. And then you can connect with others on a much more um, much truer deeper level rather than trying to connect with them and create situations with others to help the community it's actually if you oh, you know we were actually talking about this earlier about if you're really connected to yourself then you can create so much deeper connections with others on a totally different level mm-hmm. and that is a very fitting place to end considering where we're going next episode exciting <laughs> is it a dun 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 <laughs> the next episode or is it exciting I'm interested Thank you so much for listening to this episode in our Arcana series about the Hierophant. Next episode is The Lovers. Very pumped for that. If you liked this, you can leave us a review. You can pass it on to a friend if you might, um, yeah, if, if you think they'd find it interesting, intriguing, might spark some conversations. And you can follow us on Instagram at Solstice London. And, you know, check out the rest of our episodes of Arcana. But also we have other things going on with Soulscape. Stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.